This is episode 15 of the Just Get Started podcast, and my guest today is Michael Bostic, the CEO of Dear Media and co-host of the Skinny Confidential Him and Hers podcast. Let's get it started. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I am your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey where we talk with people from all across the globe, from all walks of life, in hopes that it will motivate and inspire you all to get on your own journey and your own path to fulfillment. And it doesn't really matter where you're at at this current time that you're listening, whether you're already along on your way, you already have your path kind of carved out, and you're looking for additional insight and advice um, to help you navigate the waters, or you haven't begun yet at all, and you just haven't taken that leap of faith yet, you've had some false starts at the beginning, that's okay. The whole point is that you're here, you're listening through, you're trying to learn, you're trying to get better, and that's my whole goal is that a lot of the guests that I bring on are all at different points in their own journey, but you're going to be able to take on some practical knowledge, some philosophical insight from them to help you along your own way, wherever you're at. So I hope you guys enjoyed this new episode and have some good key takeaways from it. And without further ado, let's jump right in. I'd like to introduce everyone to my guest for today, Michael Bostic. Michael is the CEO of Dear Media, as well as a co-host on the Skinny Confidential Him and Her podcast. Uh, Michael can be found online at Michael Bostic on Instagram and Twitter. And his last name is spelled B-O-S-S-T-I-C-K, um, as well as, you know, the skinnyconfidential.com is where the podcast is hosted. Um, that's actually how I got to know about Michael was I interviewed his wife, Lauren Everts, who co-hosts the podcast with him and who started the Skinny Confidential uh, back about eight years ago or so. So episode 11 is uh, the one that Lauren was on, if you guys want to check that out. But um, really was encouraged to uh, speak with Michael and, and very pleased to have the opportunity to learn a little bit more about his background and all the things he's done in, in really his short career, um, whether it's with you know CEO of JetBeds and starting that out. And there's some really interesting stuff that he talks about and how he got that off the ground and um, all the way up to what he's doing now with Dear Media um, around female uh, podcast hosts. And even, you know, how he's bullish on audio. So some different things. We, we talk about a variety of different topics. And he's got a lot of great insight and personality that I think you guys will really enjoy and, and see shine through here in the episode. So without further ado, let's jump into the conversation today with Michael Bostic. Let's get it started. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining tonight. Thanks for having me. Excited. Yeah, this is a gr- great to, to chat with you. And uh I know I got a chance to talk with uh, Lauren a few episodes ago, so it's kind of cool to to chat with the other half um, and, and hear your story a little bit and you know what you've been through. Um, help the audience just as we roll in here, maybe a you know the quick thirty second commercial on yourself, um, just to kind of give some context around our conversation. Sure, and I got to get better at this. I actually just did a written interview yesterday, and I I let in with I have to refine my pitch at this point um, to kind of zone it in. But um, I'm an entrepreneur, born and bred started multiple businesses in the direct-to-consumer space. Probably the most notable is a company called JetBed, which provides beds for corporate and private aircraft all over the world, and got into the online digital marketing space, helping brands grow um, in the direct-to-consumer space. And now, most recently, I am the CEO of a podcast network called 
Dear Media, which primarily focuses on female hosts and talent. And I co-host a podcast called The Skinny Confidential, him and her with my wife, Lauren Everts. That's, I'm going to give you an A plus for that. That's solid. That's solid. You did good work with it. Um, well, so I, I want to table a couple of those things. Cause yeah, I want to, I want to get into a few of those different, um, endeavors you're in. Sure. Let's take, let's take everyone back though for a minute. You know, I'm always interested to hear everyone has a different story of how they, you know, came about their upbringing, family, those type of things. And generally that, you know, the nature versus nurture, that kind of, uh, you know, helps you grow into what you are today. So can you take us back just for a minute or two? You know, where did you grow up? What are what are some of the things you remember, good and bad, maybe about childhood and how that could have impacted you into your as you got into your college and, and then end your adult life after? Sure. Um, I grew up in a very normal childhood. Parents are still married, um, middle, upper class. But both I, I my earliest remembrance is of my parents in the is that both of them worked. Um and so I grew up with an examples of two hardworking parents. Uh, my dad was a developer, and so he never really had the traditional nine to five job. And I got to spend a lot of time with him on construction sites, in meetings, seeing how he operated. So I don't know if that's something that led to me being an entrepreneur or not, but I, I never had the example of someone kind of clocking into a traditional job. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I think there's so many amazing jobs out there and so many amazing people that, that occupy those jobs. But for me, my example was watching my entrepreneurial father um, do development deals. And so that's kind of uh, the path that I was led down. What did you, do you remember some of those, um, I don't know if you, you went to work a few times or was sitting in on conference calls or whatever it was. Do you remember anything from early on like that stuck with you that was, uh, was interesting that's maybe helped you what you're doing today? What was interesting with him is he always really like jammed into my brain that you have to work for what you, you know, for what you get in this life. I know I, I, and I didn't start obviously on the entrepreneur path. I, I had every kind of odd job growing up. I worked at a car wash at one point. I worked as a landscaper, which was kind of embarrassing at the time because I was landscaping other kids, um, families' houses. So they would be out there at their summer break and I would be actually in their yard picking their weeds. And then at one point I even worked at McDonald's. It wasn't until later um, that I think I figured out that I was a terrible employee and kind of ventured off on my own. And that's it. What was your What was your favorite job? Which one did you like the most? Uh, I don't know if I necessarily liked any of them. I, I looked at them all as good experiences. What What happened was I was actually working at McDonald's in high school, and at the time, me and my buddies were playing poker. Like you know how you play in high school, like you know fifty, hundred dollars at the most in the pot. Like it was very, very small. And at the time we all had fake IDs in our more nefarious um, days. And there was Indian casinos in, um, in San Diego, outside, a little outside of California. And we'd sneak into those and play pokers um, with the old drunk guys. And I, the first day I went, I actually ended up winning, I think like six or 700 bucks. I clocked in at, you know, bought in for 50 bucks and walked away with six or 700 bucks. And the next day I literally walked into my job at McDonald's and quit because I thought, Oh, this is what I can do for the rest of my life. I can just do this stuff and make a lot more money. I learned later that it wasn't that easy and that I had a lot of beginner's luck, but it definitely set me on the path to try to find other ways to do things outside of the traditional nine to five setting. You weren't going to the world series of poker anytime soon. You did. <laughs> you had that. No, no, no. <laughs> um, and then were you a uh, were you a good student? Did you like school? Was that something that appealed to you or, or not so much? I was a terrible student. Um, I don't, actually, maybe I don't want to say terrible. I was definitely like 
a low B, C average student, right? Like, but here's the interesting thing is I actually graduated from college in three and a half years, not because I was such a great student, but because I figured out how to get credits at the fastest way possible so that I could get out. I always, I look back on that and I, you know, I wish looking back, I, I would have gotten more out of my education, but I always looked at college and school as a stepping stone to get to where I wanted to eventually be, which was operating my own things and my own businesses. And I, I looked at it as kind of the criteria and the credentials that you needed in order to do that. Looking back now, I probably could have skipped over a few things. And I always, we talk about this a lot on our podcast. I think if, if you're a young student and your parents are paying for college, by all means, stay and go because you're going to learn a lot and you're going to have fun. You're going to get a free ride. But if you're somebody that's having to grind your way through college and you're taking on debt, really ask yourself, do you really need that degree? Is it going to service the career you want to go into? Is that debt worth the reward? And if it's not, and you can go into your career immediately, maybe look into that. I think, you know, college debt is a real thing and it's, and it's impacting a lot of young lives without a lot of afterthought. Yeah, I think that that debate, I have it a lot with folks, the, the college versus no college. But yeah, you do learn if you're in college. There, there are some things you can learn and pick up. And, you know, I'm always, you know, one of the stories that always sticks with me is, you know, Steve Jobs and the whole, you know, he audited a calligraphy class and that helped him, you know, in the early days of the Macintosh and stuff. So with that being said, is there anything, you know, college you breeze through, you said, you know, taking the right courses or what have you. Is there anything you you think you picked up or was impactful, at least, that you learned, a certain class that you took? Maybe it was a professor that you had. Anything that you remember um, off the top of there your head? Was a, there was a professor that I had, and I can't remember his name. It was one of those summer courses that I was talking about that I did to kind of get ahead. It was like a you know a three- to four-week summer course where you go for four hours a day um, you know, to get – to get the credits quickly in the summertime. But he was a, a professor that owned a textile business and provided a lot of textiles to, you know, Target and, and Walmart. And he did this, he taught in the summer for fun. And I really, really identified with that class because one, it was a guy that had actual practical knowledge and skills of operating businesses. And two, he was really telling us how he marketed those business. And I think that was the trigger point um, that got me really fired up about one, getting into marketing and two, um, selling a product. Well, that's a that's a nice transition when you say textiles, because, you know, to get into jet beds and some of the things you're doing with that, how did that all start? Sure. So I started, like I said, my father was a developer. My uncle is a, was a general contractor. And when I first got out of school, you know, I was looking for what I was going to do for work. And at the time, they were building um, a, a medical building in, in, in Escondido, California. And my uncle... Uh, maybe to his regret later, gave me a job working on that construction site. And so this is to back up a little bit. This is what I studied in schools. I went there for what they called regional development, which is our was the University of Arizona's like real estate degree. And so I was fully set that I was going to be in the real estate market at some point. The only problem was it was 2008. And if you're looking back on 2008, probably not the best time to get into that market. So I got my ass kicked a little bit. Um, at the same time, I, I had put a down payment on a a residential spot in Arizona and was rent and remodeling it and renting it out to roommates. So all of those things went upside down. And we had this idea as like a side idea for beds for a corporate and private aircraft because they didn't have the beds and the, or the seats that um, commercial airliners did. And when you think about beds in corporate and private aircraft, you think about what you see in the movie, that big like king size bed in the back bedroom. But you know, a lot of these planes don't have the space for that. So we started it as a side project. We sold maybe 10 the first year 
And I remember jumping up and down and high-fiving our team if we were to sell one. And now at this point, we've been operating it for 10 years and it's we're the largest provider of beds for corporate and private aircraft in the world. And I'm actually flying to Montreal next week to meet with Bombardier. So I don't know, it's just like anything else. Like we kind of fell into it by accident, but with hard work and a lot of persistence and kind of carving out a niche for ourselves, we were able to really create our own category. Was there just a gap in the market you found or can you go into that a little bit deeper? I'm, I'm always curious the idea behind you know, the execution, where, where did that come from of like, Hey, there's a gap here. There's something, there's a market out there for this. I looked at it and I said, you know, we were looking and we said, there's, you have these planes that people are spending millions and millions of dollars on that some of the highest net worth individuals are flying on. And when you look at where they're sleeping, they were, you know, putting a little cushion between chairs or bending chairs over and pushing them together, how you would do like in your living room or as a kid to build a fort. I said, this is completely ludicrous that these high performers, these businessmen and women that are flying around the country for important meetings are sleeping like this. And there was really nobody at the time that was kind of filling that need. So like I said, we we had this thing developed. Uh, we applied for a patent. We got one, which took forever. And we just started going around and little by little reaching out to customers, reaching out to the different OEMs, which is the aircraft manufacturers and saying, hey, we have this product. We think your customers would like it. And we really did... Um, build this off the back of customer service. I remember, you know, flying out uh, to airports and then driving up to the tarmac to people's planes and going in and installing them myself in the beginning and just really putting in the time and someone would call us, you know, maybe they're on a trip and in the Middle East in the middle of the night and they, you know, they call us and we would jump up and drive to the office to take care of it. So I think customer service and tenacity and kind of looking for a market that has not yet been tapped is, is always um, the right way to go. It's obviously easier said than done. Was, was there any point, um, you know, in the last 10 years and, and probably it was in the first couple, maybe um, that, you know, I don't know, you hit a brick wall, there's a big mountain to jump over something, you know, something that, that kind of, there's some adversity there. Anything that you could remember that you guys had to overcome as a, as an organization? Of course. I mean, telling the story now, it sounds great, but I mean, there were, there were three years there where, we were wondering and sinking money into it and wondering if this was ever going to work, right? Like no sales coming in, no leads and to, sitting there and wondering like, do you stay on the path or not? Um, and then also, you know, when we created our first product, we thought we had it down pat, but then when it, we, we started putting them out in the market and finally getting some sales, the material at the time wasn't holding up and you had beds breaking and you had, there's an air, there's an air portion to our bed. You had that leaking because of the pressurization. So we had to go back to the drawing board. Then at one point the FAA got involved and started talking to us about burn certifications, which we didn't have. And one of the components of our, of our beds is urethane. And as you know, urethane is flammable. So we had to navigate around that. So there's just been so many things, but I think, you know, if you, if you're somebody that's willing to look for, look at solutions instead of problems, and I always tell people like I spend 90% of my time focusing on solutions and 10% of my time looking at the problem. If you, if I think that's a good ratio, I think so many of us get stuck focusing on problems and then you don't have the ability to look at the solutions. That's a good, that's a good point. I like how you put that. Would you say, and, and you could use from, from jet beds or maybe even some, you know, some of the other stuff with the digital media um, you're involved with um, from running a company. Is there anything that you could share that's been, Maybe you've learned right or wrong or indifferent um, that that could help other people that maybe are starting their own business or into that or into some leadership roles, some things you've learned along the way that you would advise not to do or maybe some things to look out for. 
Sure. Uh, my partner in my business right now, Dear Media, describes me as Rogue Nation because she says that I'm somebody who will go and operate on my own. Like maybe I'm working from eight at night till 11 or I'm working from six in the morning till nine. And that I sometimes, you know, I'm so used to doing things on my own that sometimes I don't correlate that to the team. So I think the biggest thing that I've learned as an entrepreneur is that if you really want to scale something in a meaningful way, you really have to invest in your team. And then the second part of that is you really have to communicate what that scale looks like to your team and, and really put some trust in them to help you execute on that vision. I think if you're if you're trying to take something to the next level, you really need a solid team involved and you have to kind of let go of some of that, what I would say, control or creativity and let your team shine through as well because on your own, it's impossible. Talking about Dear Media a little bit and, and kind of the background of that and where that's going, why was, where, where did that come from in terms of the, especially, you know, curtailing to the, the female audience? Um, tell me about the, the background of that. How did that all start? Sure. So obviously this is um, skipping a little around a little bit from the Jeped days, but uh, my wife, Lauren, started a blog called The Skinny Confidential close to eight, eight or nine years ago, I think at this point. And um, at, the, well, at the time she started it, touching on Jeped, I had to learn how to market online to reach my customers. So I started doing that and to bring in some supplemental income as the company was uh, going, I started taking on different clients in the in the e-com space to help market their products. So we really learned how to market online, run a product-based business, create content through her blog, distribute that content through the blog. And it wasn't until later that I was introduced as a, I would say a, a recurring character on her platform. She had massive jaw surgery, which I'm not sure if she touched on this podcast or not, but when she had that surgery, um, she was so reliant on her features and her face at, um, to showcase on her platform at that time that she at the time didn't feel comfortable and didn't really have anyone to turn the camera on. So she turned it on me and I'm a guy that's used to being behind the scenes, but for whatever reason, I didn't mind being on camera as well. And I still don't. So we started to get from her audience, a lot of different questions, whether it was on building a brand online or selling online or marketing or uh, book recommendations, whatever it was. And we were answering so many questions on an individual level. We said, how do we both, create a male and female perspective and answer this to a population that's larger than just one. And at the time we said, okay, let's do a podcast. Um, and we launched a podcast out of our living room. If you go back and listen to the early episodes, you're going to cringe, probably not as bad as I do because it was not well put together and it was very much something that was done on a whim. And since then we've really, really grown the show. We've done over 125 interviews now and have had some, a lot of success in the space. And I said, you know, we've had a ton of success with this show and there's a lot of women that, that are not being represented in the space. Let's see if we can find a way to help represent them as well, but also correlate the podcasting space into the digital space, because we saw a huge disconnect in the way that advertisers or brands were interacting in the podcast space compared to how they were interacting on the digital space. So from that idea, Dear Media was born and we're we have about six shows right now, but I'm just signing about eight more in the next month or two. So we'll get about 14, 15. Yeah, that, that's cool. I mean, obviously, I'm bullish on, on audio um, from a podcast. And are you guys doing is a mixture of audio and video or what's the what's the breakdown or what is it based on the, I guess, the show or? Sure. So we'll do 
it's primarily audio. We'll do video and do clips for promotional on the social channels, but I love audio. I think we haven't even scratched the surface on where audio is going. I mean, you could see the rise in home devices and Alexa and all these, you know, Siri and all these different, um, you know, Google home and all the different, um, home devices and assistants that are coming out. I think that audio is so great because really what you're doing is you're selling someone time as well. It's, it's one of the only mediums that you can be doing where you can truly be multitasking, right? With, you know, with a blog, you have to be reading, um, with a video, you have to be watching with podcasting. You could, you know, be cleaning, you could be driving, you could be working, um, you'd be working out. And so I think what you're doing is you're selling people back time and, and you're making them, you're entertaining them or you're inspiring them or you're educating them in the process. And so I think it's, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface on where audio is going. While we're on that, I'm curious your thought, and, and this may or may not be a good question. I don't know, but have you, have you dove in or researched a lot or are doing any from like the Alexa skills? I've started to look into that a little bit, but I'm curious if you've dug in the heels at all and figured anything out yet with that. Sure. Lauren and I have an Alexa skill. Um, I'm somebody that likes to taste everything and at least be a practitioner and try things. And so we set up a skill. I don't think it's, it hasn't gotten as much traction yet as we'd like, but like I said, I like to kind of, even if something's small, I like to test the waters a little bit in the instance that it does take off and be positioned to take advantage of it. I think there's so many people that wait for platforms to pop and looking back on my career, like if, if I could have done anything different, I would, instead of waiting for those platforms to pop, to get ahead of them, I think it's important. I mean, listen, one of these, whether it's a, whether it's Amazon Alexa or it's something with Google or Apple, something's going to take off in that format. I mean, that's clear. What what have you learned the most from doing the podcast with Lauren? What what have you liked or disliked or you know, things you've, you've scrounged around and figured out? I mean, I'm just curious your feedback on doing that many episodes. Well... I think, you know, on a personal level, I probably learned how to listen more, you know, and, and it's interesting for me now to be on the other side of, of the interview. Um, I think podcasts really, really force you to listen and to appreciate someone else's perspective. What I've also learned in the podcast space is when an audience there is so much more engaged than they are on a blog or video or social platform. I mean, when you're in someone's ear every week, you really develop a, a special bond and relationship with them. So for me, it's my favorite um, form of content because I feel like the connection's really strong. When Lauren and I started the podcast, I mean, she had the audience before and we had an audience, but there was nothing like the connection we have now uh, after doing the podcast. Go, going a little more, I don't know if this is philosophical, I guess it is maybe, but I'm curious your thoughts, especially being through a lot um, in the early days and obviously over you know the last 10 or 12 years or so. Is there any core principles that you live by, um, maybe that help guide in your decisions, whether it's business or even personal life, um, things that you picked up along the way that you know have to be, maybe have to be there for you to make a certain decision? Sure. I, I mean, everything, this is going to be the cliche thing, but everything with integrity, obviously. And I think that anytime you take shortcuts in life, you end up paying for them later and it takes a lot longer to correct those courses. Um, but I think when it comes to servicing a customer or creating content or producing a product, the main and the core principle I live by is what value is that providing the end user? Not, is this going to make me money or is this going to make me feel good? It's what value will this provide the end user? So if we're educating, inspiring, or, or um, 
or entertaining someone on the podcast side, then we've done our job. If if my product is like, let's take Jepid for instance, if it's making somebody sleep better on a flight and so they can be more effective in their meeting, then I've done my job. Like I think anything you do in a business setting or in a content setting, if you do it with the purpose of serving the end user first and yourself second, you're going to have a win. I think where you run into trouble is when you you set off on a path to do something for yourself and only yourself. And you say, okay, you know, like I'll make some money, but they'll get something. No, it's like put them first and yourself second. And I think you'll have massive success. Is there a, um, anything that you get inspiration from? I don't know if it's, maybe it's podcasts you listen to or books you read, or, you know, you like to, re- you know, read certain blog articles or something. Um, anything that drives inspiration or motivation for you uh, every day or every week or month or whatever? I get inspired when I look at people that are doing things on their terms in a different way, right? Where I think that for years and definitely in our parents' generation, you kind of grow up in this cookie cutter setting where it's like you go, you grow up this way and you do these things and you get this job and you have this life. And I think what what's so amazing to me about um, our generation and, and mostly the generation below us is people really have the opportunity now to do things on their terms and really carve out a living in, in, in any way um, that they can. Like, you know, years ago, if, if if we wanted to start a podcast in our living room out of nowhere and grow it to what we've grown it and and monetize it, like that just wouldn't have been possible without a massive network and without getting approved and sold. So whenever I see somebody that's doing something different, but on their terms, it's inspiring to me. And that doesn't have to mean it's massively successful. It could, you know, it could be on a smaller scale. It's just as long as somebody's fulfilling their life and doing things differently the way they want to do them, that, that gets me going. Is there, this is kind of a, just more curious question. Is there a goal you want to accomplish um, that you haven't yet? I'm like, a like you know, like that, have you ever seen the dark night where he's like, I'm a dog chasing a car. I wouldn't know what to do if I got it. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, I, my wife would, would laugh and people who know me would laugh is that I, I set hefty goals for myself, but I'm one of those per- people that I think while I, say I want to hit those goals, I, I do think that I enjoy the ride more than the destination because every time in my life that I've hit a milestone or accomplished a goal that I've set out, I've always looked to the next thing. Sometimes, you know, that could be dangerous if, you're, if your goal is in the wrong place, right? Like I think when I was younger, maybe I was more focused on material wealth and that can really be a dark path because it's never enough and it, it never will be enough if that's, if that's what you're looking for for happiness. Um, but now I kind of recognize that while goals are great, it's more about the ride for me and seeing what boundaries I can push and what limits I can test myself with. Um, that really gets me off. So uh, when I, when I interviewed Lauren, I did a, I always like to throw in every once in a while, uh, you know, Tim Ferriss is one of my inspirations. So I'm, I kind of, I'm kind of taking one of his questions a little bit here. So it's a little homage sure. to him. Um, but if you, I, I'm using a little different language on this, but if you could write something like say it's on a fortune cookie, you can put something in a fortune cookie, millions of people are going to see it. It could be a quote, could be a thought, could be a couple words, whatever it may be, what would you, what would you put in that? Hmm. It's a good question. I think, I don't know, maybe this, it'd be a long one, but I would say take the leap. And when I say that, I, I would, I mean that everything that's come good to me in my life has been because I've taken a chance and I haven't put a lot of thought into the consequences. Of course, you know, if you have a family and you, and you have financial obligations, you need to think about that. But I think you can't live life scared. And for me, everything that's ever worked out is because I've been willing to take a chance and take a leap. And honestly, like even if even if things don't go well after that leap, you're going to learn along the way and you're going to be able to adjust. And so for me, it would just be take the leap and don't don't look back. 
So where where can people find your work, what you're doing? Again, the Dear Media, definitely some of the stuff you're doing with that and the podcast. Can you can you give folks the the skinny, on the, I guess, of the lead in on the on the podcast and and all the the skinny on the online presence where they can find you? Sure, um, the podcast I'm on, which is you know. It's called The Skinny Confidential Him and Her. And the reason it's called that is because Lauren had her platform before. And so that's where we launched it off of. But I, I say you get a pretty well-rounded idea of who I am and what I'm about from there. And then, of course, um, look up either Bostic Media, which is our media company, or Dear Media, which is the new podcast network. And um, on social, I'm just Michael Bostic on everything. That's really awesome, Michael. Last question for you. I'm, I'm just kind of curious. You know, I always look, to, look into the future. What are you excited about maybe over the next six months, year? Obviously, with Dear Media and some of the stuff you guys are doing there, but anything else you're excited about, um, business ventures, personal, et cetera? I'm just really excited to see where the world of audio goes. There's a lot happening right now. I, I, if I were to make a prediction, Google, Amazon, Spotify are all going to make big plays against Apple, and it's going to be kind of like the battle of the titans in the audio space. For me, I don't care who wins because we're going to be on all of them, but I think it's going to do wonders for the people that are practitioners in the podcast space or even in just the digital audio space in general. And I'm just really excited to see what technology develops and what new businesses and ventures are going to be able to be created from those uh, platforms. That's really awesome. And, and we'll, I'll put a lot of that for, for everyone in the show notes and give them some, uh, obviously, to, to point in your direction so they can find you online. And uh, Michael, I th- thoroughly enjoyed the, uh, the uh, interview and the conversation with you today. And uh, good luck to you uh, in the future. Look forward to keeping in touch. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me and uh, appreciate you taking the time to interview me. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview today with Michael. Um, a lot of great insight there throughout. And um, some really cool takeaways on what he's accomplished already in his career and um, some of the different businesses he's been involved with. Um, definitely looking forward to seeing where voice goes, obviously why I'm doing this podcast, uh, but also with Alexa Voice and some other things like that. Uh, remember, Michael can be found online at Michael Bostic um, on Instagram, Twitter. That's B-O-S-S-T-I-C-K, as well as uh, Dear Media website, D-E-A-R-Media.com. And I hope you guys uh, will get a chance to either give me some feedback, whether it's on my website, brianondraco.com, Instagram or Twitter, at brianondraco, uh, or go ahead and leave a review if you don't mind on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to. Um, Really enjoy hearing that feedback and and what you guys think of this podcast so that I can continue to improve each and every episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one and will come out and listen to the next one as well. And I hope you guys have a phenomenal day. Take care. Just get started.